Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Junkie for a Story. My name is Tamika. And on this episode, I titled it How a Black Man Died of Old Age, Dick Gregory. I feel like that is appropriate when you take a look at his life and learn how he got to live to the age of 84. You will see that this is an appropriate title as well. So I'm not going to do a long bio. We're not going to talk about everything that he has done in his 84 years, obviously. But I am going to tell you about three key moments in his career that... I was surprised to learn he made it through and got out of them alive. So now the second of the three is a time in 1964 when Dick Gregory was jailed for sitting in the whites only section at a truck stop and cafe. Before I tell you about that one, I am going to discuss what happened in Jan- on January 13th, 1961, when Gregory got to perform his socially conscious racial stand-up comedy act to a white audience and a very much still segregated America. But before I get into that, I do want to give you a brief bio, just in case you may not know who Dick Gregory is. So Dick Gregory was a prolific stand-up comedian coming up in the 60s and then turned to political activism and used his celebrity to help with causes to uplift the black community. He was born on October 12th, 1932 in St. Louis, Missouri. And he passed away on August 19th 2017 in Washington, D.C. He married Lillian Smith on February 2nd, 1959. They had 10 children together and they remained married until his death in 2017. He attended Southern Illinois University, but did not graduate. And he also served in the U.S. Army from 1953 to 1955. So that's just a quick bio of Mr. Dick Gregory. 
Now let's go to January 13, 1961. It was at the Chicago Playboy Club owned by Hugh Hefner. Again, this is 1961. And this was a very unique and major event for both America and obviously for Dick Gregory because up until that point black performers had not been hired as a comedian to perform for a white audience at a place like the Playboys Club. So Hugh Hefner, he invites Dick Gregory to perform as a comedian to an all-white audience. And this is Chicago. Now his, Dick Gregory's comedy at this time wasn't quite perfected. But still, it was still, it was still unique. Unique in the sense that he wasn't catering to the white audience and making it, he could have taken many different routes. He could have said, you know, I don't want to upset the white audience, so let me tell, you know, these corny tongue-in-cheek kind of <laughs> jokes, but he did not do that. He still, he kept his edge, and I was listening to him talk about his comedy, and Dick Gregory said that he actually missed a call. <laughs> so they were calling him to cancel the performance. I forgot what the reason was, but they were calling to cancel the performance now, again, this is the 60s, so people didn't have cell phones, so you you only had landlines at that time, meaning the telephone line had to be in a building, in, in a home, in an apartment. So he, I don't know who they called, but they, I, I assume they called his home, <laughs> and he missed the call because he was already out on his way to the Playboy Club. And I Forgot what the reason was, but there, I think there was tension in the community and Hugh Hefner didn't want, you know, a situation <laughs> being that Dick Gregory is a black man and this is a white audience. So they were trying to reach out before he got there. And it just, it, it shows that it was meant to be because Dick Gregory, he took the bus and he got there late, I believe. <laughs> but still managed to give a stellar performance to an all-white audience, and they actually loved it. They loved his performance. They loved it so much. It was only for one night, but they offered him an extended stay. He ended up doing six weeks or something. So though we may have thought America wasn't ready 
for desegregation and entertainment, it proved that we were a little more advanced in our thinking than I think the powers that be were at that time because I think it's more so politics that got in the way of moving us forward as a country. But anyway, he that one night turned into two a two-month stay at the Playboy Club. And we know Dick Gregory, his career was successful. It lasted many decades. So before I tell you about the next incident, I do want to give you a hint of what the last one is. So the last one is how in the 60s, Dick Gregory, he did some jail time, which led to him fasting, which sent him on a quest to find a balance between good soul food and nutrition. Before I tell you about that, let me tell you about when he was arrested and jailed on February 16th, 1964, for sitting in the whites-only section at a truck stop and cafe in Pine Bluff. And this was Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Again, the year is 1964. Now, this is before... Yes, this is before a number of influential assassinations took place in our um, history. But just to give you an idea, obviously, it's the 60s in America. It was a very tumultuous time between whites and blacks. So Dick Gregory... He came out to Pine Bluff to help with a civil rights event that was hosted by, I'm not sure if it was hosted by or, like, I guess that that's the wrong word, but I'm not sure who was the leader of this event, but one of the names that comes up is a white civil rights activist or and worker, Bill Hansen, who it seems like he, he put this together with a number of other people, and it was affiliated with a local student nonviolent coordinating committee. The abbreviation is SNCC pronounced SNCC. So um, it was at their headquarters where they they launched a number of initiatives in the Arkansas Delta area. And this was one of them. So they the two men, along with others, came together for this event. And it looks like it drew a crowd of over 500 people. And so it took all day, I guess, 
And then later, or it looks like early in the morning, I guess, after the event was long over, Dick Gregory was, you know, feeling hungry, (laughs) as one does. And so he went over to the 24-hour Ray's Truck Stop and Cafe on U.S. Highway 79 to grab himself something to eat. Sounds innocuous, right? But again, this is 1960s America. So Mr. Dick Gregory shows up at this segregated cafe and he chooses to sit in the whites only section. Now, obviously that's a problem. (laughs) You know, there's a whites only for a reason and there's a black only for a reason. So he's sitting at the whites only section and the waitress, she makes it known to him that there is a section for him and he needs to go to it. He, I take it, declines and gets himself arrested. (laughs) Now, from what I read, it sounds like they made up a jail on site. They just made a jail because it was him along with the people who were with him. They all protested him moving to the blacks only section. So then his entire party was arrested and this impromptu jail (laughs) was made for that situation. He obviously got out. Now Gregory was quoted as saying, I ain't leaving this town until that place is integrated. And he said he he would refuse bond and remain in jail, I guess, until this goal is accomplished. Dick Gregory did leave the jail, but continued to protest the segregated truck stop and said he would not leave Pine Bluff until... It was integrated. He even spoke with then U.S. Attorney, Attorney General Robert Kennedy, who promised him, promised Dick Gregory that he would investigate. Actually, Robert Kennedy said he would investigate the place where Dick Gregory was jailed. Because, you know, he initially said he would stay in jail, but then because of the conditions in the jail, he was released and he he obliged with the release. But he talked to Kennedy about the conditions and I guess the overall appearance of the jail. And so, again, Kennedy said he would investigate that. Dick Gregory continued. He remained in Pine Bluff protesting with others about the segregated truck stop. 
The incident at Pine Bluff at the truck stop wasn't entirely auspicious, but Dick Gregory did draw attention to what was happening. And I think eventually things, he, he, he got the ball rolling, I'll say. Um, the owner of the truck stop did get a restraining order against Dick Gregory. So he wasn't able to continue his protest or demonstration at the cafe. But again, he, that did not keep Dick Gregory out of Arkansas. So he, he continued with his political activism, but, um, it did put a dent in it. (laughs) Now this third and last incident I want to talk about is more of a lifestyle change. So in the sixties, due to jail time that led to Dick Gregory fasting, that also led to him going on a quest to find a balance between good soul food and nutrition. Actually, there were a number of events that led to his fasting. So one in particular was a self-imposed 40-day fast that took place from Thanksgiving to New Year's Day, 1968. This was in protest of the Vietnam War. Then he engaged in another fasting after being jailed for illegal fishing. So that was June 7th of 1968 and he he began his fasting but he was released he I think he was supposed to do like 90 days or somewhere around there but he was released after 40 days in jail due to health problems probably induced by the fasting And then in 1969, he was sentenced to five months on charges stemming from uh, an assault of an officer in 1965. So he again fasted for about 45 days. And I think it was these, these times in the 60s it looks like the late 60s when he started to become interested in his health and take a serious look at how he could change his eating and his diet overall. Now, obviously, with him being a stand-up comic and it's in the 60s, he's probably limited as far as... (laughs) what he can do because he, I mean, due to the type of work he does, he's a comedian and an activist. So, you know, just in both professions, 
that spend a lot of time on the road. So again, he, he doesn't have home cooking, I imagine. But it it was the these a lot of the jail time and a lot of time to reflect that led to him wanting to change his diet and his eating habits. He even wrote a book called Dick Gregory's Natural Diet for Folks Who Eat. And I'm not quite sure when he became a vegetarian, but he did eventually become a vegetarian. And he even started his own company. The name of the company he founded in 1986 is Correction Connection Inc. of Philadelphia, but it also looks like he has a couple of other business ventures around the vegetarian lifestyle and stuff like that. But yes, so he later became a vegetarian and was very devoted to that lifestyle and discovery of natural foods and drinks and educating the black community to better improve on what we are used to eating. But yeah, so those are the three events that should have caused an earlier demise, but didn't. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you next time.